This is the Better Pastor Podcast, where we focus on the skills you need to pastor better. Seminary didn't prepare us for everything, so let's keep learning and growing together. Today I am joined by my fellow pastor here at Orchard Hills Bible Church, Tyler Woodhead. Tyler's a good friend, he's a good pastor. And we have a discussion today about bivocational ministry, what it means to be a volunteer elder in the church, if you want to think about it that way, and how vocational pastors can best work with bivocational pastors. All right. So, Tyler, what is bivocational ministry and who are bivocational pastors? Well, bivocational ministry is ministry that takes place by bivocational pastors and bivocational pastors are those who are not employed by the church or at least not full time um, in the church. So they have a, a secular job outside of the church and yet they are still uh, ministering as pastors within the church. Now, what's kind of interesting is that in many churches you have an elder board situation where guys are called elders or they're elected to a board that kind of oversees the quote-unquote pastor, but they aren't pastors, they are board members. Whereas in our church, we equate elders and pastors. We think the New Testament uses those words uh, interchangeably. So you are a bivocational pastor. Is that accurate? Yes, I am a bivocational pastor. So yeah, pastor, elder, I see those as being synonymous, Uh, a, a bishop, an overseer, a shepherd, I don't see any distinction between those. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of churches that have boards and, and board members. That's not a, a term that we see anywhere in scripture. We only see the, the offices of elder or deacon in scripture. All right. I'm glad we agree. <laughs> Why is this ministry, bivocational ministry, important for the church? Um, well, it's particularly helpful for small churches and, and church plants, those churches who they don't have the the budget to pay for a a full-time pastor. Uh, And then, as you mentioned, for a a plurality of elders, that's really important, um, biblically speaking, for a church to have a plurality of elders, not just a a one-pastor model. And it's not always feasible for a church to be able to financially support more than one pastor. So to have a, a bivocational pastor or, or two or three who can come along and they can support themselves through a, a secular job and yet serve in the church as a, a shepherd who's able to teach and preach and uh, shepherd and counsel a church that is, uh, in my opinion, a, a much more healthy model for a church to, to be able to have a plurality of elders. What does scripture tell us about bivocational ministry? Um, well, it's not as if we have a, a chapter in the Bible that's specifically devoted to bivocational ministry. Uh, obviously, we can see Paul. He's a great example of a, a bivocational pastor. He uh, worked as a tent maker as he was planting churches, as he was uh, even pastoring at churches. Uh, he shared a, a, a trade with uh, Aquila and Priscilla. They were also tent makers. Um, in second Timothy four, he tells 
Timothy to preach a word, to be ready in season and out of season, to reprove, rebuke, exhort, um, and to do so with great patience and instruction. So not only when he is wearing the, the hat of, of pastor, but he's to be ready at all times, um, being sober in all things, enduring hardship, doing the work of an evangelist, fulfilling his ministry. Um, we see in First Thessalonians 2 that Paul said that um, he labored and he toiled on behalf of the Thessalonians. He was working night and day so that he could bless them so that he wouldn't have to be a burden to the, the Thessalonians. And really, we don't have a, a separate list for different types of pastors, for uh, bivocational pastors or um, as we're hopefully learning with the whole debacle with the, the SBC and uh, Saddleback Church, there's no list in scripture for uh, for youth pastors, for associate pastors. We don't have a, <clears throat> a B-sides list or a, a remix list, so to speak, in scripture of, of qualifications for a youth pastor. We only have the, the list in First Timothy and Titus for a pastor. <clears throat> and I think that uh, anybody who's going to call himself an elder or pastor, uh, no matter what adjective they place before that, they are uh, called to those qualifications that are laid out for us in Scripture. That's why James says that not many of us should teach. And uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen talks about how we're to give a responsibility for those who are under our care. Yeah, there's a Babylon B article that was run at one time that said something like youth pastor graduates to be real pastor. <laughs> that is uh, definitely one of the vibes you can get from people where people are associate pastors, but they're not the real pastor, which is a weird phenomenon, which is not in the Bible. It's unbiblical in that sense, not meaning it's necessarily anti-biblical, but it's at least extra biblical. And I guess on the one hand too, we could say that, the Bible has more to say about bivocational pastoral ministry than it does about vocational pastoral ministry. You want to respond to any of those things? Uh, yeah, it definitely has a lot more to say about those who are, again, ministering while they are um, just going throughout their day-to-day lives. They are preaching in season and out of season. And it is so crazy that our, our society has come up with these different almost categories, almost levels of, of pastors. And as you mentioned, to be able to graduate from, oh, I'm a, I'm a youth pastor and then I become an associate pastor. And then uh, if I really put in my time, if I'm really uh, called to this ministry, then I might be the, the, the big man on campus where I get paid and then I have real authority. Uh, all of that is unbiblical. Uh, we have the, the category of, again, elder or deacon or non-elders and non-deacons and when we go beyond scripture we're we're kind of in trouble paul said that he and uh is it silas in first corinthians 4 2 uh they've committed not to go beyond scripture and i think we would do well to follow that model but silas was full-time uh, in ministry well <laughs> paul was a tent maker <laughs> um yeah it's a, it's a very interesting deal well with all that in mind understanding more of the biblical categorization and the biblical definition of what a pastor is and uh, how he should function in the local church, what are the factors that men need to weigh as they consider entering into bivocational pastoral ministry? Because it is obviously just different from your average church volunteer. What, what is, 
what are the, all the factors at play here? Well, there are tons of factors. Um, but I guess with that being said, that elders slash pastors are still pastors. Um, we are still responsible. We're responsible for God, for the work that we do and the work that we don't do and how we do it. And so I think the number one priority that uh, we have to consider when considering bivocational ministry is the the time that we have to be able to allot both to the ministry and to uh, our our tent making job, so to speak, the job that we have outside of the ministry. How much time do we have to devote to both of those? How is that going to affect our family life? Is our family on board? Um, this is a a family decision that if somebody's considering this, they definitely have to uh, include their wife in that decision-making process. Um, along with that, how much, um, along with how much time you have to spend in the ministry and in work, um, are you going to be able to provide for your family? And what does that look like? What kind of job are you going to have to be able to support your family? And how is that job going to enable you or um, hinder you from being able to do your ministry? Uh, I found that that makes a, a big difference on what what kind of impact and influence you're able to have in the church based upon what job you have. If you have a job where you're able to um, study on the side or you're able to um, do different things <clears throat> while you're also working and um, providing for your family, that's going to uh, go a long way in your ability to uh, wear different hats. Um, you have to evaluate your ability to deal with stress, to, to multitask. And again, as I said, to, to wear different hats, you are doing the, the work of an, evan of an evangelist. You are still a, a pastor and you're able, you're not only able, but you are required by scripture to, um, to be able to, uh, counsel, to give advice, to, um, to protect the sheep. There are number of things that you need to be able to do. And, uh, I think most of that really falls under the, the consideration of time and how it is that you're able to spend and manage your time. Well, speaking of wearing different hats, the hat you're wearing right now says national truck driver appreciation, because that's what you do. You drive a truck you start very early in the day, but you get to finish earlier in the day. And, uh, you always have Sundays off. All that contributes to your effectiveness in bivocational pastoral ministry. But I'm wondering, um, you were talking about time a lot too. And I'm wondering how you would address the person who's considering bivocational pastoral ministry, but maybe here's you saying you need to wait until you have the time to do it. So do you, how much of it do you force in your life into a schedule like that and seek after a job that allows for that? And how much do you just kind of wait for things to fall into place? So how much of it is a, you are intentionally manipulating your life circumstances so that you can do this versus um, I have an interest in this, but I'm waiting for God to kind of change my circumstances for me so that the time is available for me to do it. Yeah, I think being proactive and planning is always advisable. Uh, you're never going to have enough time, right? And I would advise anybody, anybody who's not only looking for uh, into bivocational ministry, but just anybody who really wants to prioritize church and, and ministry that when you are looking for a job, you just uh, have to set as your priority and uh, establish and communicate with your potential employer that this is a priority to you and um, you have certain things you're not willing to compromise on. Um, as far as 
the the particular jobs that I have found being beneficial for bivocational ministry. As you mentioned, I'm a, a truck driver. I find a lot of advantage in that, having time to uh, pray and uh, listen to sermons and podcasts and uh, audiobooks and audio Bible going down the street. Um, in the past, I've done a lot of social work type activity where um, I have a lot of leeway towards the, the end of the day to do that same kind of thing, study and prep and, and prayer time. And you also have a lot of interaction in the community. You have a lot of uh, time to build these redemptive relationships with uh, non-believers that are outside in the community, which is definitely a plus. I think that we can have a tendency to look at the downsides of bivocational ministry, some of the, the cons, but there are definitely pros out there as well that um, it kind of forces you to get outside of the walls of your church and to get out there and um, really focus on um, evangelizing and, and being a part of the community, being involved in the world um, and being a witness outside of the walls of your church. Well, here's an opportunity for you to rebuke me. What are the factors now that vocational pastors need to consider as they work with bivocational pastors in the church? So kind of flipping it around and thinking from the vocational pastor's perspective, what needs to be in their heads working with guys like you? Um, again, bringing it back to time, just taking that into consideration uh, as we are working on um, scheduling out when we're going to be trading off teaching and preaching responsibilities and um, I know that we, in our, our situation, we try to make an attempt to that, to do that. And it doesn't always quite work out. Um, for instance, this last week I was preaching on Sunday and, uh, teaching on Wednesday and, um, yesterday I had two meetings and, uh, account succession. We just got done with the, an elder meeting. Um, and I haven't even started to study for my for my regularly scheduled Sunday school class that I'm going to be teaching here in less than 48 hours. So I need to go home and get on that. Um, but uh, another thing it, that is vitally important for pastors working together is communication, especially vocational ministers communicating with bivocational ministers, because you're here in the, the church building far more often than I am. And with that, you have a lot more opportunity to communicate with uh, the the individuals we were trying to uh, love on and shepherd together. And so typically when we get together, I'm getting a lot more information from you on how people are doing and getting updated and um, how it is that we can serve them better than I'm able to give to you. Of course, I still need to be involved in, in reaching out and um, I don't have a, a pass on that just because I'm not in the church building throughout the week, but that is beneficial to be able to, to connect and get that information from you so that we can uh, be on the same page as we're serving together. Well, thinking through your now several years of bivocational pastoral ministry, uh, what's an interesting story or two you can share about how that's gone and what kind of hilarious hijinks you've gotten into along the way? Yeah, I, <laughs> I have a tendency to get myself in trouble from now uh, here and here and again. Well, the last church that I was at, uh, I we had a, a youth group that we would uh, oversee, and I took one of the one of the kids in the youth group one time, and we went to. He had a desire to go and fork somebody's yard. Uh, this is a, a PK. He's uh, not really done much along those lines, but 
a PK, a pastor's kid. And, uh, but we were in the middle of winter. So instead of going out and getting a bunch of forks put in people's yards, we went out and we got straws instead of color straws. And uh, we put those in the snow in somebody's yard, in two people's yards actually, along with some food coloring. Well, the next morning, uh, the, the wife walked out and she didn't see any of these straws. She only saw red food coloring around and her son had left on a run just shortly before that. And her mind started racing and she somehow came to the conclusion that, uh, her son was murdered in her front yard and she called the police and the police showed up and she still hadn't heard from her son. She's bawling and crying and, uh, just a, a complete mess. So later on that day, <laughs> uh, I go to my, my tent making job and I was working in social work with a, a number of troubled youth. And I grabbed one of these troubled youth and having heard about this story later on in the day, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to that second house that we had strawed and uh, put food coloring on. And I didn't want them to get upset with us. So I was going to go and we were going to take the straws out from their snow covered front yard well as my student and i were going we we're taking these straws out uh my other buddy tapped on his window with his ruger uh seeing his seeing my friend who he didn't know my student and my student didn't know this guy he freaked out and so that led to uh the <laughs> my responsibility to go back to work and to write up a, an incident report, uh, which this student's parents and social worker and uh, therapist all had to read explaining why it is that my, my buddy had pulled a gun on my friend. Um, so yeah, some different things can happen when you, you mix ministry life with your bivocational life for sure. Yeah. A re real pastor would never get into that situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word wow didn't know what i was going to get into and i handed you the microphone on that one <clears throat> well transitioning from uh a situation as crazy as that to now hopefully the more uh calm and collected day-to-day -day life of bivocational ministry let's get practical with it and talk about how a bivocational pastor can minister well and really get applicable here with like tips that you've learned along the way, the wisdom that you've been able to glean through experience on time management and caring for your family, ministering to other volunteers in the church, all that kind of stuff. Well, while that last example wasn't a, a great example of this, what I was trying to do is I was trying to double up my time uh, while I was working and engaging in ministry at the same time. So anytime that you can double up, um, as I mentioned before, studying at work, um, taking one of your kids with you for uh, a visit um, to work on a work project or evangelism, if you can get in family time and ministry time at the same time, you're killing two birds with one stone. And uh, that's just, that's great when you can find ways to, to double up. Um, when you can focus on scheduling and managing your study time at home in ideal situations, use that time strategically. Um, while, while my kids are being homeschooled, you mentioned I get off from work because I go in so early, I get off around noon or one o'clock. And so, uh, oftentimes my kids are still homeschooling with my wife and I'm able to utilize that time for, uh, studying or, or prepping in some way. Uh, when they're off on a play date, I'll, try to really take advantage of that time and don't want to let that time go to waste. Um, considering family needs, um, 
is absolutely important. Again, if your your family is not on board, then you probably shouldn't be engaged in ministry at all. You need to make sure that this is a, a family endeavor. And um, if if you're going to um, if you're going to be disqualified because from ministry because you're not focusing on your family, then your priorities are already out of whack. Um, again, driving down the street and utilizing audio resources, even if you're not doing it as a job, eight hours a day. Um, we have, we live in an amazing time where we have all kinds of resources at our disposal. And so if we can utilize audio resources as much as possible, uh, that can go a, a long way in, in helping, um, and then just getting your stuff done early if you have the possibility to. I know I just told you I haven't even prepped my Sunday school that I'm supposed to be teaching here in a number of hours. Um, but I do have my Sunday school prep for two weeks from now. And um, being able to look ahead oftentimes and, and see when you're going to have scheduling conflicts so that you can make sure that you get things done as early as possible. That's going to benefit you so that when you do get in a pinch like I am now, um, you're able to, um, you're in a much better position to be able to recover from that. I'm wondering if you could give a word of encouragement to perhaps the guy listening who is a uh, bivocational pastor but doesn't quite recognize it. Maybe he's hearing you say all these things and thinking, that's a lot of work. I thought I was just a board member. I, you know, I, I thought once a month or a couple times a month, I stop by for a meeting in the evening, we vote on a few things, I go home. What word of encouragement would you have for him or exhortation or rebuke or admonition or what, what kind of word would you have for him? Uh, once again, point back to the, the qualifications of scripture. We need to take those seriously that um, if we've been called as, as elders, even if maybe we're not quite there, if we just have a desire to be an elder, uh, we should be really loving the, the people, shepherding the flock, realizing that um, we've been called to a high calling, that this is the, the bride of Christ and he has entrusted us with her care as his under shepherds. That's no, nothing to be taken lightly. That's no small calling. Um, and perhaps we can get into a, a kind of mindset where we're just checking off lists. Yeah. I showed up to a board meeting. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm ready to count the finances after church or whatever it may be. Uh, but we are called to, to love on and, and care for the flock and um, that really should be a, a major priority in our life. Again, we shouldn't be putting that above our uh, responsibility to to minister our fam to our families, to care for our families. Um, but they don't need to be in competition against one another either. I think that um, God knows what He's doing when He established <clears throat> the the role of a, a father, a husband and a pastor, and it can be done and we should strive to do it well. Well, as we close out, let's just talk about those weekly rhythms. Uh, what are some habits that bivocational pastors should form as a part of their weekly ministry rhythm? And what have you found to work in your own ministry? Uh, well, I found that typically for me, the things that I tend to put on the back burner when I am uh, in a pinch is uh, my my personal prayer life and my family time. And so having realized that, I find it beneficial to schedule out prayer time so that uh, I have a, a daily routine for the time that I spend with the Lord. And 
again, that's of utmost importance. What are we doing trying to lead and shepherd other people if we uh, aren't even in a proper relationship with God ourselves? And if our household isn't being managed, how can we pretend to manage the household of God properly? So I think it's vitally important that we schedule those times out and seek to make those a priority, even realizing that at times those schedules are going to be interrupted. Um, and if, if you are ministering the way that God would have you minister and you are doing it alongside of your family, they're going to be understanding with those things. Um, but yeah, scheduling those things out ahead of time, setting limits for yourself on um, how much time you do spend uh, ministering, whether that's uh, in the community doing outreach uh, with the, the members of the the church body in your study or prep time setting limits to um to make sure that you stop when when you need to stop and and move on to the next thing and and switch out your hat and then again as much as possible make sure that you are doubling up and um being a, a good steward of the time that god has blessed us with um not uh neglecting the responsibilities that god has given us to care for our our families and to care for his church for his bride well thanks for taking even more time out of your busy schedule to uh meet with me today this was very helpful thank you thank you